welcome to Music of the River City. This is your host, Chris Gooden. This episode features an interview with Elena Fordyce, who will be playing Maria in the Vicksburg Theater Guild's upcoming performance of The Sound of Music, along with the show's director, Paul Ballard, and pianist, Dorothy Brassfield. Elena sang me a number from the show, with Miss Brassfield accompanying on piano. Then we all sat down for an interview right on the stage at the BTG. This interview was pretty cool for me for several reasons. Miss Brassfield was my music teacher a few years ago when I was a student at Bovina Elementary School, and it was nice to get to catch up with her. I've seen several of Dr. Ballard's productions over the years, but never had a chance to sit down and talk with him, so that was also a lot of fun. And it was definitely a pleasure to meet the talented actress playing the lead role of Maria during this interview. I think you'll enjoy hearing from each of them, and if you've lived in Vicksburg for a while, you'll probably hear some names and events referenced that bring back a few memories during this interview. You can see The Sound of Music on the weekend of August 21st and the following weekend. My interview with Paul Ballard, Dorothy Brassfield, and Elena Fordyce is coming up, but first, did you know that Vicksburg has a record store where you can actually go and flip through stacks and stacks of vinyl albums? It's called Mighty River Records, and it's located inside Levy Street Marketplace in downtown Vicksburg. If it's been a long time since you bought a brand new record, and I don't mean downloaded an album to your phone, I mean a real record that you can hold in your hand and put on your turntable, then treat yourself to a brand new album at Mighty River Records. Don't have a turntable? You can get one of those at Mighty River Records too. Music I love and I think you'll love too is next, and then it's on to the interview. February 13, 1960. Popular music was in a bit of a slump. Elvis was finishing up his stint in the Army. The Beatles were still just a group of teenage friends in Liverpool, learning their instruments and searching for a drummer. The top song on the charts was Teen Angel by Mark Denning. In fact, the charts in late 1959 and 1960 were dominated by bubblegum pop, Elvis knockoffs, and novelty songs. The biggest hit of 1959 was one of those novelty songs, sung by Bobby Darin, Mac the Knife. The song was originally written for a German musical in 1928, celebrating a fictional professional killer based loosely on the notorious 18th century English thief Jack Shepard. The lyrics admiringly describe the proficiency with which the killer uses his knife to dispatch his victims. Not exactly your typical top 40 material. It was translated to French and eventually English and was released for American audiences by Louis Armstrong in 1956. But it was Bobby Darin's version three years later that became a huge hit in August of 1959. And that brings us back to February 13, 1960. On that night in Berlin, Ella Fitzgerald brought the house down with her own sloppy, brilliant, legendary performance of Mac the Knife. On this segment of Music I Love and I Think You'll Love Too, I'll be talking about the album Ella in Berlin by Ella Fitzgerald. If you've never heard of Ella Fitzgerald, let me catch you up by rewinding 26 years to 1934 when a shy 17-year-old stepped up to the mic on amateur night at the Apollo Theater and brought the house down with her rendition of The Object of My Affection. Four years later in 1938, jazz was still far and away the most popular music in the land and the most popular jazz singer was young Ella Fitzgerald bursting onto the pop charts with one of the biggest songs of that decade, a swinging reworking of the nursery rhyme, A Tisket, A Tasket. 
Ella would become the top jazz singer in the world, demonstrating a mastery of pitch, rhythm, and harmonic sophistication that challenged even the most adventurous jazz instrumentalists of the time. By 1960, Ella had carried the title of the best vocalist in jazz for over two decades, and even as the genre faded in popularity, Ella remained its stately queen. In contrast to her contemporary, Billie Holiday, who had died in 1959, Ella was never a tortured soul, simply a singer of songs who was the absolute best in the world at what she did. And so, as she planned her performance for 12,000 exuberant Berliners on that February night, she decided she would do her own swinging performance of a recent pop hit, Mac the Knife. There was just one problem. She didn't know all the words. Most of the other songs Ella performed that night were standards she had performed hundreds of times over her decades-long career. But Mac the Knife was a brand new pop hit that she hadn't sung much, and as she started the second verse, she completely forgot the lyrics. And that is where the fun really begins. Like so many things in life, true genius often shines through not when everything goes right, but when everything goes wrong. Whether it's Patrick Mahomes uncorking a spiral with his left hand as he avoids a sack, Muhammad Ali leaning hard against the ropes under a barrage of punches from George Foreman, or arguably the greatest musician of her generation singing her way out of a mistake that would have humiliated lesser performers, great artists usually find a way to overcome adversity. And so, Ella started improvising her own lyrics to the song. Vocal improvisation was nothing new for her. She was a master of the singing style known as scat, the practice of singing nonsense syllables over music, using the voice purely as an instrument, free from lyrical restrictions. On this night, however, she began to sing an explanation of her failure to the crowd. On one verse she says, Oh, Bobby Darren and Louis Armstrong, they made a record, oh, but they did. And now Ella, Ella and her fellas, were making a wreck. What a wreck of Mac the Knife. And later, as the crowd begins to clap and show their approval of Ella's improvisation, she says, So you've heard it? Yes, we've swung it. And we tried, yes, we sung it. You won't recognize it? It's a surprise hit, this tune called Mac the Knife. If it all sounds a little corny to you, then I can only say this. Listen to it for yourself. You can get this amazing record on vinyl at Mighty River Records, located at the Levy Street Marketplace in downtown Vicksburg, and I don't think you'll regret it. After her triumphant improvisation of Mac the Knife, and with her creative juices flowing, Ella finishes the evening with a seven-minute-long rendition of How High the Moon, a jazz standard that she uses to further showcase her improvisation abilities with extensive scatting. One year later, at the third annual Grammy Awards, Ella took home two Grammys for Best Vocal Performance, one for the single and another for the album. In 1999, the album was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. If you love music, you will love this album. That's why I love the album Ella in Berlin by Ella Fitzgerald, and I think you'll love it too. Check it out. Deep in the dark green shadows 
are voices that urge me to stay. So I pause and I wait and I listen for one more sound, for one more lovely thing that the hills might say. The hills are alive with the sound of music, with songs they have sung for a thousand years. My heart will be blessed with the sound of music. My heart wants to sing every song it hears. My heart wants to beat like the wings of the birds that rise from the lakes to the trees. My heart wants to sigh like a chime that flies from a church on a breeze to laugh like a brook as it trips and falls over stones on its way to sing through the night like a lark who is learning to pray i go to the hills when my heart is lonely i know I've heard before. My heart will be blessed with the sound of music, and I'll sing once more. Hello, and welcome to of the River City. I'm here today at the Parkside Playhouse with Paul Ballard, Elena Fordyce, and Dorothy Brassfield. Uh, they're working on the upcoming premiere of The Sound of Music. Uh, Elena is playing the role of Maria. Uh, Dr. Ballard is directing, and Miss Brassfield is playing the piano uh, for the show. I'd like to thank all three of you for being on the show today. We're delighted to be here. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, Dr. Ballard, I'll start with you. How did y'all decide to put on the sound of music? Generally, a director, potential director, will make a selection that they are particularly interested in uh, being the director for, and and then it runs through the board, and uh, we consider all of the proposals that have been made from all of the directors, and then we look at the potential casting of the people that we know who are doing theater around that we have enough people to cast with. And then we'll, we'll look at the budgets and uh, make a decision about how we put together a package that is our season uh, that will represent some variety and certainly appeal to uh, the folks because we, since we don't receive any government support from the arts, we have to pay all the bills around here. Right. Okay. So when you, when you do a show like Sound of Music, you already have in mind potentially somebody out there that you think can play Maria. 
Well, sure, you have to you have right. to do that. Okay. Now, then, in, in in terms of who is actually cast, that depends on who auditioned. Sure. And many times, the person that I thought well could do the part, if I don't get anybody else or anybody better, then when I have the casting, quite often somebody will come along and just blow our socks off and, and thrill us with the possibility. Maybe it's vocally, uh, maybe it's the way they move on stage. Mm -hmm. We look at many, many factors physically, what they look like. If sure. So, Elena, had you ever thought about playing the role of Maria before? Is that something that you thought, man, I'd like to do that one day? A lot of theater people, especially musical theater people, have like these dream roles and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, if I could ever have the opportunity to play this person, it would be the best thing ever. And no, Maria was not okay. one of them. Um, I actually got to play one back in 2016. I was Ariel in a, a production of The Little Mermaid in California, and that I've always loved Ariel. She's always been my favorite, so that was a dream role. Okay. Um, but n no, not necessarily, but I, when I was coming back and I heard that this was the show that they were going to do, um, I was very excited because, I, I mean, Sound of Music is a classic musical theater show so it was very exciting to know that I would have the opportunity to at least try out right. and hopefully get Maria because that I, I mean that is a really cool role to do and a fun role and you get to have a lot of fun with like the kids and stuff on the stage right um, I guess this is a question maybe for all three of you something like the sound of music where it used to come on TV at Christmas and like everybody's seen it multiple times the movie version how much pressure is there? Does that add pressure on you from a stage production to match people's expectations if they've seen the movie, you know, six times, eight times, however many times, to, to, try to, to try to match what was in the movie, or do you approach it completely independently of what's been, you know, on the film? Well, as a musician, I find that uh, oftentimes uh, the cast tries to do their part, whatever it might be, the way it is on the movie. Right. And sometimes that's not the, what we have in the script and the scores that we have to go with. Sure. So we have to watch for those sorts of things. And sometimes it might be what we feel like we prefer rather than the movie has, you know. Right. We've got, we've got it in black and white. <laughs> and this is what we do. And Dr. Ballard is good about saying this is the way it is in the real story, you know, mm -hmm. and that's it. That's good. It makes it easy to work with, you know. Right. But like the children, they they want to do it just the way it is in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think he has power over them. <laughs> <laughs> Some days. Some, yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would say from like an actor's standpoint, it's like you want to be as good as the person from the movie because everybody, I mean, especially with this, everybody loves Julie Andrews. Sure. So it's like, that's a standard you're trying to hold yourself to. Like, I have to try to at least be close to her because mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think I could ever beat her. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then it's things of, yeah, like like Miss Dorothy said, things are switched around some. Like one of the biggest ones that I noticed was that um, in the movie they sing uh, favorite things that night when it's like the thunderstorm and they're all in the bedroom and all. Mm -hmm. But in the musical, it's different and they're singing the Lonely Goat Herd. 
So it's like having to realize, oh yeah, they are, I mean, there are slight differences. Movies take a lot of liberties in mm -hmm. changing things for how they want it to be sometimes. Which came first, the stage play or the movie of Sound stage. of Beach? Stage. Okay. That's Most usually. normally that's the way that it, it comes. Yeah, that's usually how it goes, but there's some exceptions. Mm -hmm. Or Newsies. Newsies yeah. was a movie first. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Elena, uh, how long have you been acting? So my first show was actually here. Okay. Um, I was in Fairy Tale Theater, which was the children's program that mm -hmm. they do, and it was The Wizard of Oz in the Wild West. I was six years old, and they mixed up my age and my brother's age. My brother's just about two and a half to three years older than me, mm -hmm. um, so they gave me a part that had all these lines, and then he was my little sidekick. Um, I played Annie Oakley, oh. <laughs> and my mom knew then, because my mom did theater, and she was just like, you're definitely a theater kid, because she's like, you learn those lines so easily at such a young age. Huh. <laughs> okay, and from that point on, you just sort of fell in love with it and have been doing it since, or? Oh yeah, I've always loved performing. I went to school for acting. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm planning to move to London in a few years to pursue an acting career. Wow, okay, well yeah. I'm sure you'll do great. Thank you. Um, and Miss Brassfield, I know that you've been playing the piano for theater productions for a while. How did, how did you get started on that? Many years ago when Warrington was a new school. Okay. And uh, we came to Vicksburg to, for school for, for my girls. Uh, Mrs. Lucy Lee was a teacher down there, and she said, you need to come to the theater and play for Golden Hills. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'll think about it. And ultimately, Lucy, who was one of the key people in the beginning of Golden Hills, she and her family, I did come, and I I know I was Madame Pizzicala for them for probably 30 years, and uh, finally in the late 1990s, my husband was ill, and I had to give up things, mm -hmm. and uh, then by that time I had also gotten involved with the musicals and, and that that part of the theater, right. and I loved it. And then after he was so sick and passed away, I, I've, I've been kind of back from it. But this is a, back, a welcome back, and I'm loving playing for it. Okay. Well, yeah, y'all, you played really well on the song, and, and y'all sounded great doing that song together. It's a, it's a lot that. of playing on that, yes. <laughs> that book that I'm playing now. Yes. Uh, so, so let me ask you about the, the music of the show, because for this, I mean, I guess for any musical, the music is important, but it's like the, the sound of music, uh, it kind of goes back to the movie thing. The songs are just so recognizable. Uh, what's your approach, from both from the director and, and a musician, on this music? And this is again a question out of ignorance about how musical music comes together. You get a score. Do you have certain instrumentation you have to follow? Do you have some flexibility in how you instrument the music, how you arrange the music, and that kind of thing? Or do you really try to stick to the the score? For a musical, what they will send you is the parts for an orchestra. Okay. Some productions do not use, do not choose to use an orchestra. Maybe they don't have access to uh, local musicians who are willing to um, perform in, in the pit. And you can modify that uh, somewhat, but basically you're, you're going, the tempos are 
given, right. and so the job of the direct, the conductor, is going to be to take the basic stuff that you're given, mm -hmm. like the script is given, right. and you change things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You can cut, delete some things, but basically what you want to do is to deliver to the audience a performance that is going to be satisfying. Mm -hmm. It makes the most of all of the different elements that you've got, all of the different instruments that you've got, and all of the voices and the talent on stage. Uh, right. So when you get, like for The Sound of Music, or just uh, say any generic musical, do you ever look at it and say, all right, if I don't have a violin, or I don't have a, you know, this instrument or that instrument, I can't really do this show, or is it, you pretty much feel, if I've got a good pianist, I can do the show? I think the instrumentation in the orchestra is one of the uh, nice effects mm -hmm. of the show. And lots of theaters do a musical, say, with only a piano or a keyboard uh, accompaniment, uh, just like a theater, if you didn't have the wing space that we do or the fly space. All of these are possibilities that are open to us because we, we've got those things. Right. Um, if we didn't have those things, as we didn't long, long ago, mm -hmm. um, but ever since we've been had this building, mm -hmm. uh, we've been able to do things our way, and, and that's, that's made it nice from a directing standpoint. Elena, let me ask you about singing. So when you started out, you, you said you started out in the children's program. Was that a musical? No, it was not. Okay. So when did you really start putting together the singing with the acting? Oh, I'm not exactly sure. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I've been singing ever since I can remember. Okay. So I don't know. The first musical that I can remember that I did was West Side Story, mm -hmm. and that was here. And that was a really weird show for me because it was like all summer I had a friend in it who kept asking me to do it and I was like I don't want to do a show right now like I don't have the time I'm just not into it mm -hmm. um and then the last like two or three weeks before the opening of the show my mom got an email asking from another person in the cast for like a good extra dancer or singer to join and she knew that like my sister was a big dancer and that I was a singer so she's like even one of the girls and my mom was like oh yeah they'll both do it mm. and came and told us and we were just like um okay so we were actually in rehearsal for that show one maybe two weeks before it actually opened wow. and it was it was really fun though because we just came in and they're like here's the dances it's already learned you just have to pick it up here's the songs like pick it up and go and we were just in ensemble scenes and stuff and it was kind of fun it was a quick whirlwind but then after that I started doing the shows every summer until I graduated high school do you do you sing off the stage or apart from acting do you pursue you know singing or any kind of music yeah so I've been a cantor at my church since I was 12 okay. um, and then I did some voice lessons all through high school and stuff. I've done the national anthem at a couple events and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. So let me kind of switch gears and ask about a little more about the music that y'all are working on. On a show like this, about how much time do you spend, what's the ratio that you spend between working on your, your typical acting, you know, be here in these lines versus actually working on the music? 
Well, it goes together, really. But um, I don't, Dr. Ballard and I, and I, I too, when we're doing things, like to get the music under control, and then you can go back and put the it, the other things, the dialogue and that sort of thing, and put it together, mm -hmm. and it works that way, and you're not conflicting. But you've got to, the music is the most important thing, I think, and you've got to have that so that it will carry the whole show. Right. And then, then you come back in with the acting and the lighting and all of the things that make it what it is. Yeah, typically music tends to be the foc the sole the focus, focus for like a few weeks at the beginning, and That's then right. they start putting them in, like putting the music into the scenes and starting to build the scenes around it. Okay. In our case, we also have the set, right. which doesn't just come together the first night of the first rehearsal. Sure. Um, so, and and we had to work around the other productions that were going on. Mm -hmm. There was a gold in the hills before we really got the stage, and then the production of Moana right. Jr. Uh, a few weeks ago. And so we have only had the stage now for a relatively short period of time. And have the stage means that we could put our backdrop up and put up our the wall of the mansion that you see there, right. and the steps going upstairs. Um, all of that, you're waiting on that kind of thing to come about. And then you can then you can really start working on the blocking. I see. Before then, um, I, I'd meet with people and I'd say, okay, so the house is here, and I've got two, I mean, the sofa is here. We've got two folding chairs. Now, imagine this is a sofa, <laughs> and you're going to sit down, and somebody else is on the other side of the sofa. Um, but that's what we were working around, and, and you engage the cast, their uh, imagination. Right. So on, a, on, like on The Sound of Music, you have multiple soloists. Obviously, Maria has several. You have multiple soloists. There's several numbers that have uh, two or three part harmony, right? Yes. At least from what I remember yeah. about yes. the movie. Do you spend a lot of time early on just like standing around the piano, working those things out? Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You see, you have, and, and, and for the sound of music, you have the nuns and, and their church music that they are singing. Okay. And, and so that's, that's one style, one musical style. Mm -hmm. And then you have the children and Maria and, and the things that they're singing, like the Do Re Mi song mm -hmm. and uh, Lonely Goat Herd stuff. Um, and, and then you have some of the other tunes that the other actors do that are more typical American musical kind of uh, right. selections. Okay. So each, each of those is approached in a slightly different fashion. Just in case there's some of our listeners that haven't seen it, what, roughly in like 90 second synopsis, what can they expect to see when they come see the show? Well, the, the, story of course is that brief period of time when in the von Trapp family mm -hmm. uh, Maria comes to be the governess for the children mm -hmm. uh, the captain has lost his uh, first wife mm -hmm. and and then he is not around very much and so the kids have been brought up by governesses and so there's some family tensions mm -hmm. uh, in there and, and the captain is romancing this other 
person who potentially could be uh, a new a stepmother mm -hmm. to the children. And what happens is that uh, Maria brings out the best in the family. And add to that conflict, the, um, this is World War II, prior to the outbreak of, of war, mm -hmm. and the captain is going to be offered a position in the German Navy. Mm -hmm. uh, he, had, he was a captain in the Austrian, Austria-Hungarian Empire right. at that time, um, but he is retired mm -hmm. from that. But the Germans want him to come and take a position in their Navy, and he uh, very much against that. Yeah, and so for, for anybody, any listeners that haven't seen the movie, definitely come see the show. It's going to be great. So I'll ask a, just kind of as we wrap up, um, Elena, you, you've got this uh, starring role in Sound of Music. Uh, what are your plans for the future? Um, so I'm planning to be in town for the next couple years saving up so that I can move to London. Okay. Um, and then once I get over there, I will just be auditioning for any and everything, both film and television and theater as well, because I love both um, mediums. Okay. That's great. Well, we'll... Uh We'll be looking forward to see you on TV or in the, in the movies one day uh, here pretty soon. But yeah, Fingers glad that, crossed. <laughs> glad that you're in Vicksburg right now to play this role, and uh, I know that uh, we're looking forward to seeing it. Dr. Ballard, I'll ask you the same question. What's, what's on the horizon for VTG? And I know that you don't uh, want to put things out too early, but is there anything the listeners can be looking forward to out there? I think it's kind of like you're getting married you send out save the dates mm -hmm. cards exactly well yeah we we love for people to save the dates we have uh the importance of being earnest mm -hmm. is is the show that follows here okay uh in our season and then uh nonsense is uh the show that comes after christmas okay and we complete our season in uh may with southern fried funeral so that's, that's a non-musical comedy. Okay. Well, those are fun, though. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we're doing a Marvel comedy uh, extra show okay. in November. So let me ask you this. If there's a listener out there that says, man, I want to be in a musical at the BTG. How do they do, how, do they, how would they go about that? A lot of it is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other part is I, I think we, we have announcements on okay. our website probably the best place okay. to go to find out what is coming up. And there's usually more information about it. So Southern Fried Funeral, how many people are in that? Right. How many are men? Are these uh, older adults? Are there any children in that? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so then you can get an idea of uh, whether a particular production is, is one that you want to audition for right. and be involved in. Now, that's just for being on stage. Mm -hmm. If you want to, uh, you want to be an accompanist or something, then probably contact me okay. personally uh, for that. And then you can see elements of the stage, uh, the set mm -hmm. on. And so construction is part of it. Mm -hmm. And we love to have people who can say, "Look, I, I have the time in my schedule. Maybe you're retired or out of town sometimes, but when you're in town, you'd have." some evenings and weekends that you could come and help uh, construct things down at the theater. Right. Um, and then there's the artistry. You can see the, our backdrop 
mm -hmm. back there. It's beautiful. Um, and, and so things like that happen only when we have somebody who will say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'd be willing to help on that. We often will have at our shows a, a form that says, uh, how, how would you like to be involved with mm -hmm. the theater? And then people fill that out and leave their name and number. And that's, that's always it. And then going to the website is always a real good source of both information and the opportunity to uh, submit your information and see if we can use you. Okay. And Ms. Brasfield, I'll ask you the same question. Or, or can we expect to see you uh, playing for Gold in the Hills or more productions here at the VTG? I don't know that I do Gold in the Hills, but okay. I, I hope to, you know, we'd like to be back because it's, it's entertaining to me to be able to do it, okay. yes. And uh, I look forward and I appreciate Dr. Ballard asking me to come in. Fantastic. And I guess the last thing I would be remiss if I didn't ask, this show premieres on what date and what time? Our opening night is Friday night, the uh, 21st mm -hmm. of August. Okay. And so it'll run Friday and Saturday night of that weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, 7.30 is the date. And then Sunday the 23rd is, is a 2 o'clock matinee. Right. And then on the following weekend, we'll, we'll, we'll have a Thursday night show on okay. the 27th and then an evening on the 28th and 29th. All of those are evenings at 7.30. Mm -hmm. And Sunday the 30th, we'll close with that matinee. Okay, great, fantastic. Well, Dr. Ballard, Elena, Ms. Brashfield, thank you all for being on the show. I've enjoyed this conversation, and I look forward to seeing the show in a few weeks. And... Uh, for our listeners, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Music of the River City. Dr. Ballard, Miss Brassfield, and Elena share an enthusiasm for music and theater that I know will shine through in their show. And I'm looking forward to going to see the sound of music at the VTG. If you have questions, comments, or know someone who would like to be featured on this podcast, please contact me at musicoftherivercity at yahoo.com or follow Music of the River City on Facebook to get updates when new episodes come out, to see extra content and performances from the musicians who've been on the show, or send me a message if you have feedback or questions. Thanks for listening to Music of the River City. <laughs>